Hey everyone, if we haven't met before, my name is Amanda. I am a certified intuitive eating counselor and registered dietitian nutritionist who helps women in midlife undiet their lives by savoring food in their body. And today I wanted to introduce you to five strategies that I have developed over the decade plus years of working with women in midlife through one-on-one -on -one counseling. And I started to see these patterns around what made it hard for them to embrace intuitive eating, learn to trust their body with food and exercise and move away from the more prescriptive way of relating to food and exercise, which diets and wellness uh, plans uh, provide for us. So through listening to their stories, sitting with their stories, helping them understand and connect the dots between how life situations, trauma, um, physical uh, sensations in our body, particularly in midlife, um, health changes in midlife, how all of these things end up affecting their relationship with food in their body. I came across their really five areas where there was a lot of overlap for all of these women that I'd been working with over the years. And so I created the five strategies to healing your relationship with food and body. And I use the acronym, the word SAVOR. So SAVOR Food and Body is not only just a tagline for my practice and my business, but it is an acronym for the steps that I take with my one-on-one -on -one clients. And so I'd like to share those with you today because they've been really effective and helpful in my practice. And of course, when you're working one-on-one, -on -one, we go into them in much more detail, um, but I have a, an opportunity for you to go into them in more detail too, if you stick to the end of the video and I'll explain how you can learn more. So let's unpack the, the five strategies to begin with. So as I said, they spell out the word saver. So the first strategy is S and it's it stands for start. So you start noticing messages that you get from the media, friends, family, medical providers, even safe places like uh, religious affiliations or hobbies and activities you're involved in. Messages around food, body, exercise, health, um, could even be aging too, especially as women in midlife. And how do these messages really affect, start affecting you? And you may have heard these messages way before midlife happened. You may, if you're like many of my clients, you were starting to hear these messages and noticing how they affect how you're supposed to show up in the world, especially as a woman, probably back to puberty. Many of my clients have been affected by the messages around food, body, health, beauty, since they were young teenagers. Some of my clients, even younger than that. Um, some of my clients have talked about going on their first diet about the time that they started the menstruation or slightly before because they were gaining a bunch of weight. So if you are like many and if not all of my clients, you have spent years and decades being absorbed in these messages. And I want you to, in, in these steps now, to stop and consider those messages. You may find it helpful to jot down, say, 10 to 12 of these messages. And 
we're going to work through those in a second. But just for now, writing down those messages and that you've been taught and, and learned about food, your body, beauty, health, and exercise. The second step is awareness. So now we're going to take a look at that list of messages that you wrote down, and we're going to reflect on how do those messages affect your ability to be in your body, to be out of your head and in your body. My clients hear me say that a lot. And what that means is how do these messages affect your ability to feel and honor hunger, especially subtle hunger, not just ravenous hunger. I think diet culture teaches all of us to feel ravenous hunger and that that's what hunger really is. But that's when you're already starving. Like you're beyond feeding your body in a, a gentle way at that point. You just need to survive. So when I'm working with clients and we're working through learning to get back in touch with their body and learning to feel what does hunger feel like and learning that it's okay to honor that subtle sign of hunger. So again, thinking back to those messages, how might those messages get in the way of you feeling that subtle signs of hunger, honoring those signals, and then also satisfaction too. Do you eat what you want to eat? Or what messaging comes up for you when you want to eat the burger and fries or you want to eat the, the cookie um, holidays are coming up. So if you want to eat the Christmas cookies or you want to eat the pumpkin pie for, for Halloween, what messages come up in your brain as you're wanting to eat certain foods? Um, and then also like fullness. So these messages that you've been around your entire adult life and into your teens, how do they affect you feeling subtle fullness? And does that make you feel better? Like if you don't reach fullness, does that make you feel better about yourself? So the second strategy is this awareness around not only how are you in touch with those basic physical cues of hunger, satisfaction, and fullness, but how have all of the years of messaging around food, body, and beauty affected you being able to be in touch with those basic physiological cues. The third step is V is variety. And variety is so, so, so important to this. You know, there's the cliche um, statement around variety is the spice of life. Well, there, that is never more true than when you were in midlife and you're taking care of kids, you're taking care of a spouse or a partner or a, a relationship that you're in. You might be dealing with aging parents. You're at a higher level of your career and you've got more responsibilities and expectations. And there's just a lot going on, not to mention the hot mess that your body is going through as it's transitioning into a new season of life. So we can get stuck in this like day-to-day -day grind and not feel like we're having enough variety. And variety, I'm talking about either food. Obviously, we need a variety of food so we can get a variety of nutrients. We also need a variety of taste textures in order to fulfill that satisfaction and pleasure with food. But we also need variety in how we move our body, how we engage uh, socially with social connections, um, how we find time to 
uh, rejuvenate ourselves, rest and relax, or um, have some downtime, having a variety of ways that you connect within your community, with your friends, with hobbies and activities. I find so often my clients that are coming in and saying, A, they're emotional eaters. A lot of times it's because they get to the end of the day totally exhausted, on the verge of burnout, if not there already, and they're reaching for the Netflix and snacks in the evening time in order to kind of celebrate that they survived another day. Now, I am not here to debate about the the good, the bad, the healthy, the unhealthy about snacks and Netflix. I am all for that. But what I am here is to bring up awareness around there's a reason that that coping, emotional coping with food is happening when you're exhausted and when you're burned out, almost burned out, and when you don't feel like you can have enough variety and excitement in life. Now, this doesn't have to be adding more variety in your life does not have to be luxurious, expensive, time-consuming by any means, but it's just taking notice like, where do I feel like I'm kind of in a grind? And where can I add more variety, um, more joy, more things that I uh, enjoy doing and spending my time with getting some downtime just to myself, we're talking like 10 minutes, minutes with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a bite of chocolate, whatever that may be. And what I find with my clients is that when we're able to add in a little more variety into how they care for themselves during the the days, the weeks, then we have less of this dig myself out of an emotional, um, exhausted hole um, by the time we get to the evening time or by the time we get to the weekend. So Obviously, the the messaging is also going to get wrapped up into this strategy as well. You know, the messaging around hustle culture and not not honoring your needs for pleasure and satisfaction with food and your body. So whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. So again, variety is a really important step in healing your relationship with food and your body. The next uh, step is step four, and that's options. So when you think about ways that you could add more variety to your life, I invite you to make a list of of all of those ways you could add some more variety. Again, thinking about food, movement, connections, hobbies, things you enjoy, people you enjoy being around, things you enjoy doing at work or that you want to do more of at work, making a list of all of those things. And then choosing three to five of those items, of of those behaviors, ways to add variety to your life and test drive them over a week. See how that feels. See how it feels in your body to add some more of this variety in life and see if you don't get to the end of a day being so wiped out and exhausted and just not excited to start the next day. Then the last step is reflect and release. So once you've had a week of test driving some of these ways of adding variety into your life, think back and and notice, was was that too much? Was that great? Did I feel grounded and more energized by the activities that I did? Did I feel meh and like I overcommitted and I just added more to my to-do list? 
this reflect and release strategy, the really important part of it is that it's a judgment-free zone. We're not here to critique, you should have done this, you shouldn't have done that. There is no shitting, shooting <laughs> in this work of healing your relationship with food in your body. And that's a really important um, component to all of this. So we're just noticing, what did you like? What do you want to do different next time? That's it. And then we're going to release the whole experience. So by doing that reflection, you're deciding what do you want to do differently the next day, the next week, and then you're getting on with your life. You're releasing the previous experience. You know you have a plan of what you want to try next time, and you're moving on. So this, this idea of moving on, this moving forward is also really important in this healing relationship with food and body because we've been taught by diet culture to kind of ruminate and fixate on what's wrong, what's broken, and, and how do I fix that? Oh, with this other program, this plan, this supplement, this product, whatever. And this is a very different experience because it's rooted in self-compassion. So this reflecting and releasing strategy is really based around that self-compassion. How can you learn to care for yourself in a nourishing way on your own terms, really, without following some other arbitrary plan or list or set of rules. So as you can imagine, there is a lot more to say about each one of these strategies and clients and I will spend months on unpacking each one of these. So as I mentioned at the, the top of the video, that I do have a way that if you're interested in learning more about these strategies and applying them to your life, I am just about to open the doors for my six-week small group, small saver group coaching um, program. I only offer it a couple times a year, and again, it's for a small group. So we're talking six to ten max women um, into the group because I want it to be an intimate experience to where everyone involved gets to learn from each other and get to hear each other's stories because no one is alone in this. There's a lot of commonalities. Like I said, I've sat with women for over a decade and there's so much similarity um, between what's going on in each one of their relationship with food and body. And so this small group coaching is meant to create some community around that collective healing. So the doors open for this fall session on October 20th, which if you're watching this live now, that's tomorrow. And so if you click the link below this video, it will take you to the wait list. You can add your name there and then I will be announcing to my email list how you can register for the program and what all the details are involved with that. I will tell you we'll be meeting weekly for six weeks on Sunday evenings and each week we will be covering one of these strategies more in depth and plenty of time for Q&A, plenty of time for participants to be able to share as they feel comfortable. And then there are also a couple of bonuses for, for folks to participate in one-on-one -on -one kind of preview session with me and wrap-up session with me so that I can help each individual group participant really get the most out of the program. So again, if you're interested in that and you're interested in applying these strategies more directly to your life, I invite you to click the link below and I hope to see you in this fall session of the Saver Group Coaching. Take care.